You're listening to a podcast from City Tribe Media. We're an urban tribe who helps people who feel far from God to know Jesus, cultivate freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We're also a diverse tribe who welcomes everyone from bikers to bankers, PhDs to GEDs, every age, race, and walk of life. So whether you're a longtime Christ follower or a spiritual investigator, we hope you're encouraged through our content. Enjoy today's teaching. What's going on, familia? You know, we all go through tough things in our life. We all go through crisis in our lives, whether it's a personal situation that you're going through right now or something that you see somebody that you love is going through something tough, or maybe you see something that's happening in the world that's so tough. It can make us anxious. It can make us fearful. It can make us afraid of even losing our lives sometimes. But what can we do? What can we do in times like like that where, where we're under crisis in our lives. Something's happening. Well, we are going to peer into the unseen. I think that we we can see into the spiritual realm where spiritual warfare occurs. I think that we can have peace. I think it can get rid of fear. So stay with us as today we will pray for God to open our eyes so that we can see the invisible. You know, about a year and a half ago, some of you know, might know this about me. About a year and a half ago, I was having trouble with my left eye. And it all started with just like blurry vision. I thought like, maybe I just need a new pair of glasses, new prescription. And then I had this excruciating pain behind my left eye. And I started to have these visual impairments where everything in my field of vision would just turn sideways and I could not focus. And then my vision would come back. It just lasted a few seconds, and then it happened again, and this time, my vision did not come back. Everything was sideways, and it was like everything I was looking at was like shaking as I was looking at everything around me. That was a very scary time in my life. Then my eye was stuck in one position. It would not move. My my right eye was fine, but this, this eye just got stuck. It was paralyzed. And it's a time in my life where I told my wife, I said, there's a picture of it right here. I told her, I can see you right in front of me and I can see you around the corner at the same time. It's kind of funny now that I think about it, but I could not see clearly. I had this situation going on that was creating a little bit of anxiety inside of me. But what about you? What about you? You know, I I went through so many different kinds of tests. I've had so many MRIs that I think I have the power of Magneto. You know, it's, it's, my neurologist even told me that during this time that I might lose the sight in my eye. So I was, I was a little scared to say the least. But what about you? What about you? Are, are you like in a season in your life where you're going through something? Have you gone through something that's really tough that has created some fear in your life? Before or even now? Are you seeing a family member that's gone through something really hard and are afraid because you can't really see what's going on? Are you afraid because of what's going on in the world? I think, I think that there's so much stuff going on that we at times, even in our own country, even in our own city, wonder, man, there's so much violence, there's so much dissension. Am I really safe? Are my kids really safe. 
You know, I don't know if you know this, but you should know it by now. We are in the midst of a spiritual warfare series. We are in the midst of spiritual warfare ourselves. And Pastor Doug has been leading us in a spiritual warfare prayer. You can scan that QR code. If you're not praying this, I would encourage you to pray along. You can listen to it. You can pray it. Pray with us. The spiritual battle is going on in an unseen realm that affects us physically. It affects our body. It affects our minds. It affects our emotions. But what would happen? What would happen if we could see beyond our circumstances and peer into the realm of spirituality? What would happen if we could see the invisible? Kind of like that movie Predator, you know, being able to see the, the Predator from that Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, Get to the Chopper! If we could see the enemy. But what if we could see our allies in the spiritual realm as well? I believe that we would have less fear. We would have more peace. And that's what God wants for you, for you, for all of us. He wants that more for me. Less fear, more peace. Before I read today's key scripture, I want to give you a little bit of the backstory, a little bit of the context. Elisha was a prophet. A prophet is somebody that God speaks to and he tells the people what God is saying. He was the prophet after Elijah. And there's a king that's fighting against the king of Israel. This king of Aram is fighting against the king of Israel. And the king of Israel is like he knows everything that happens before this other king is planning it. He has like this divine military intelligence. And the king of Aram is like, Hey, we have a mole. We have a spy in our ranks that's communicating all this stuff to the king of Israel because they know everything we're planning to do. They have step. They're a step of, of us. They, they, they know we can't attack them. They always plan something against us. One of the officers of this king of Aram tells him, no, that's not the case. There is no spy. What it is, is they have this prophet by the name of Elisha that is telling them everything, even the things that you say in your bedroom. And the king of Aram's like, he gets upset. He says, I want you to take the whole army and go and capture this prophet. Go and seize him. And that's where we enter the story. Will you guys go ahead and stand as I read today's key scripture, God's word. It says, when the servant of the, of the man of God rose early in the morning and went out, Behold, an army with horses and chariots was around the city. And the servant said, Alas, my master, what shall we do? He said, Do not be afraid, for those that are with us are more than those that are with them. Then Elisha prayed and said, O Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Now, before you sit down with your eyes wide open like this, tell someone next to you, open your eyes. Tell them in Spanish even, abre tus ojos. <laughs> Y'all sit down. Y'all go ahead and sit down. Don't be giving nobody the evil eye. Don't be giving nobody el ojo. Just open your eyes. Today, we're going to talk about seeing the invisible. And our big idea is, is simply this, with a little prayer. It's seeing the invisible God open our eyes. 
Let's all say, God, open our eyes together when I point to you. Ready? God, open our eyes. One more time. God, open our eyes. Yes, Father, that is my wide eye open prayer. Open our eyes, Father, in the powerful name of Jesus. Has this ever happened to you? Now, before I tell you what this is, I see people walking, going up the stairs on the side of the theater over here. I'm going to let you guys get settled. You guys hear me? Those of you walking, I want you to stop where you're at. Everybody that's walking, just stop where you're at. Just stop where you're at. Has this ever happened to you? Have you ever been in the dark where you cannot see? You cannot see clearly. Y'all can go ahead and go and sit down. But has that, have you ever had an experience where you can't see and you can't see so good, you can't see clearly? What is the emotion that you will feel? Fear. Fear is the emotion we will feel when we cannot see. We will have an anxiety. Some of us more than others. Fear when we cannot see. For those of you watching online, those of you watching in the cafe, we just turned off the lights and it got pretty dark. And it means we might fear when it's dark. So what I'm going to do with today's scripture, I want you to see something. I want you to observe. There's a method of Bible study that has us observe what's in scripture. In other words, when you're reading a particular scripture, observe. What is an observation that you can make from the scripture? And this means not trying to interpret it or anything like that, but what do you see? What are you observing in scripture when you're reading it? Here's the first observation. I'm going to give you five. First observation from this scripture that I see is that the servant is fearful and uncertain. He says, alas, my master, what shall we do? He was struck with fear. But who in the world uses the word alas, my master? You know, my wife and I were hiking over in Tennessee a couple of weeks ago. We hit the Appalachian Trail and there's black bear out there. And my wife and I, we saw a black bear while we're out there. And my wife yelled out, alas, my master, we're going to die. <laughs> Not really. It was me. <laughs> but that's what this servant was feeling. He was afraid. And he didn't know what to do. He didn't know what to do. What do you say? When you don't know what's going on, when you can't see so clearly. Do you say, I'm done. Who knows what I'm going to do? Estoy muerto. No sé qué voy a hacer. I'm dead. I'm done. It's over. We can all think that way. It's interesting that Jesus' own disciples, who have Jesus with them in a storm, became afraid. And Jesus said to them, and why are you afraid, O oh, you of little faith? And I think Jesus was not only like telling them, asking them why they're afraid, but he was at the same time like giving them the answer. 
of why they were afraid. And I think that happens to us when we cannot see everything. Something comes on us super quick and out of nowhere, we can have fear. What shall we do? What am I going to do when I have, now that I have cancer? What am I going to do with this depression? What am I going to do about this pain that I keep having because of the procedure I had? What are we supposed to do? What am I supposed to do when my, my, my wife or my husband were having these issues? What are we supposed to do? What am I supposed to do with my kid, my parent, my friend, when they're going through what they're going through? You know, there's a Psalm, Psalm 88. I love reading the Psalm. Psalm 88 is one of those psalms that pretty much stays in the negative the whole time. You know, most psalms will do some praise and then there's some negative stuff and then there's praise. But this psalm almost all the way through is, is in the negative. Here's some of the verses from the Message Bible version. I've had my fill of trouble. I'm camped on the edge of hell. I'm written off as a lost cause. And the last verse of that particular chapter says, the only friend I have left is Darkness. How many of us are in a dark time right now? How many of us have been there? In the midst of a spiritual battle, in the midst of a physical reality, we can be uh, unsure and we can be afraid. We can have fear. And it's a normal reaction when something sneaks up on us and it's not such a good thing. Here's observation number two. The master speaks. He said, do not be afraid. Who said? He said, who's he? Elisha. Elisha is the master of the servant, a man of God, a prophet. And after his servant expressed his fear and his uncertainty, the master is speaking now and it's time for us to listen. It's time for us to listen. Could God right now be wanting to tell you something? He does. He will. He is. Through his word, through a mentor, through a friend, through a family member, through his Holy Spirit, through a dream, through a sign on the street. So many ways that God wants to speak to us. So we listening through his Holy Spirit. Could he be wanting to tell you something right now? Elisha, just like Jesus with his disciples in that boat during that storm, said to not be afraid to his servant. But come on, I am going through some hard stuff. Terrible stuff is happening to me. Terrible stuff is happening to my friend. Terrible stuff is happening in the world. And all you got is don't be afraid. Have somebody ever told you, don't be afraid? Does it really help? When somebody just tells you, don't be afraid. It doesn't really help so much. When somebody just says, don't be afraid. There's got to be something else. It's got to be something else. Come on, man. All you have is don't be afraid. What else? Well, here's a reason to not fear. Observation number three. We have allies. We have allies. In the midst of crisis, you can see something really scary or something bad is happening to you right in front of you with your own body, with somebody you love. We have allies. Yes, we have 
relationships with family and friends, but we have allies in the spiritual realm. Spiritual warfare is not just about demons attacking us and evil spirits attacking us and Satanists attacking us. We also have help from God, from his Holy Spirit, from angels, from an army of angels. We have allies. For those that are with us are more than those that are with them, is what Elisha says. That's the reason not to fear. You might feel afraid. You might feel surrounded. You might feel your circumstances just beating you down. But Elisha tells his servant, like God is telling you right now, that there's more with you than are with them. And reminding us to see the invisible. We have allies. This brings us to observation number four. A prayer for change in perspective. I found it so interesting when I was studying this section of scripture that Elisha did not pray for a band of battling bears to go attack the enemy and destroy them. He didn't pray for God to save them and just take them out of that place. How many of us, when we're going through something really hard, how many of us pray like, Lord, come on, Lord, take me out of here. Help me. Save me from this condition. Save me from this disease. God, help me with this depression. Help me with this loneliness. Help me. Save me from the torment of my mind. It's good to call on God like that. But could it be? Could it be that it's time to pray for a change in perspective? Pray for a change in perspective like Elisha did for his servant. Listen to what he prayed. Then Elisha prayed and said, oh Lord, please open his eyes that he might see. See what? See that those that are with us are more than are with them. See and realize beyond what you're just right here. There's more. See beyond. Go from your eyes open a little bit to your eyes open a lot so that you can see. Go from darkness to light. Jesus did something similar when he healed a blind man by spinning his eyes and laying hands on him. And when he did this, he asked the blind man about what he saw. And the blind man said, I see people, but they look like trees walking. I think that sometimes we don't see so clearly just like that man. We don't see the word of God so clearly. It might take a little time to see clearly. And then Jesus laid his hands on his eyes again and he opened his eyes and his sight was restored and he saw everything clearly. That might be you and me. It might be you and me. We can not see so clearly. But trust in Jesus, trust in God. He'll restore your vision. Pray for a change in perspective. This brings us to our last observation. Behold, God answers prayer. You know, I work in hospice and I am amazed and inspired by the faith of some of the people I get to serve. I have a patient, she's 95 years old, she's bedridden, she doesn't talk very much. I had a long conversation with her son, just kind of checking to see where he's at. 
And he told me this. He says, many people believe that there is a God, but many people do not believe God. And then he went on to explain that I believe God will take care of me. I believe that when my mom dies, she's going to be fine. I believe God answers prayer. Do you believe? Or do you just believe that there is a God? Do you believe God? Do you believe that he answers prayer? So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. That's what the scripture says. And behold, I say, behold the invisible. Behold as one of those things that, one of those words that we don't say very much like alas. How many of us use the word behold? You know, I heard a, a country sounding preacher at that country twang trying to explain what behold was. He said, Looky here, Bocephus. Behold. Looky here. Mira. Look. I should talk in a country accent for the rest of this sermon just to keep your attention. But no. Behold. Look. It's like God turning your head. Mira. Behold. You know, when you do some observation, there's some words that pop up and make me want to question, well, what is that all about, right? The word behold, if you do a little word study, the word behold is in the Bible 1,326 times. What do you think that means? Pay attention. Look. Mira. Mira. Our key scripture today ends with this. There's a scripture at the bottom. It says, Behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Behold the invisible. Do you see what the servant of Elisha saw? Do you see it? Do you see it in the, on this, in the scripture? Do you see it? He saw the Mountain was full of horses and chariots. You know, horses and chariots, it stands for power and strength. Fire stands for the presence of God. So in essence, the servant saw the power and the strength of God. And I think that when his eyes were open to this reality, I think the servant went like this. Fear is gone. <sighs> Anxiety is gone. He felt safe. Do you see the power and strength of God in your life? Do you see it around you? Do you see the invisible? Open the eyes of your heart. Open the eyes of the center of yourself. That's five observations. There's more if you look closer. But when we study the Bible, there's some questions that can pop up. And here's a question that popped up in my mind. Maybe it's the same question that pops up in your mind when it comes to this scripture. 
Why could Elisha see and his servant couldn't see? Until after, of course, Elisha prayed for him. But why couldn't the servant see? Why could Elisha see and not the servant? That's my question. Well, the easy answer, the easy answer is because faith. Elisha had faith. But there's more to that. There's more to that that we can pull from that scripture that we might be able to apply to our own lives that might give us more faith, give us the ability to see the invisible. So here's my first point that we can consider, that we can apply. First point is anxious versus, versus non-anxious. In this Bible story, the servant was the anxious one. Elisha was the non-anxious one. I believe, like I said before, that all of us go through situations where we can experience a lot of fear, where we can experience a lot of anxiety, some of us more than others. Anxiety is a real thing that people struggle with, people take medication for. It is real. Anxiety. Are you anxious? Perhaps you're going through something right now. Or you've gone through something that made you really anxious. You know, yesterday, I was at a gas station, and I just asked the lady behind the counter, how you doing? How you holding up? And she says, you know what? I'm scared. I'm like, what, what are you scared about? I'm afraid of everything that's happening out in Jerusalem. And what might happen here? She was anxious. She was afraid. Are you anxious? If you are, consider this. Consider telling somebody what you feel. Consider telling somebody what you see. Tell somebody especially what you see. Tell that person who is not having anxiety, who's not anxious, what you see and what you feel. It will help you. Get it off your chest. Talk about it. If that's you, tell somebody what you feel and what you see. Or perhaps if you're not anxious, if you're what I call a non-anxious presence. You know, there's a lot of occupations out there that you have to have a non-anxious presence. Chaplaincy is one of those. But there's many more. Nurses, physicians, social workers, police officers, firefighters. The list goes on. That particular occupation, you need to have a non-anxious presence to be able to do your job. Or maybe you've been walking with the Lord for a while in your faith and you're strong in your faith and you've started to possess this ability to, to be non-anxious. You have a way where you don't worry about nothing. You feel safe. If that's you, could it be that God right now is lining up some divine appointments for you, the non-anxious person, to come alongside somebody who is anxious? And encourage them. Help them with their fear. Help them with their anxiety. Are you anxious? 
like the servant? Or are you not anxious? Here's another thing we can pull out of this scripture and from the Bible itself regarding Elisha. No God, no self. Elisha knew who he was. He knew who God is. Elisha knew who God is. His name, Elisha, in the Hebrew means God is my salvation. He knew who God was and is. Salvation basically means to be delivered from. He knew that God was his deliverer. Do you know God? Do you know Jesus? No self. He knew who he was. You know, I didn't catch this for a long time until I did a little bit more digging. Elisha, like I said, came after Elijah. And before Elijah died, he asked Elisha something. He asked him, what shall I do for you before I am taken from you? And Elisha said, please let there be a double portion of your spirit on me. You know, for a while I thought, wow, here's a younger prophet coming along after Elijah. He wants to have twice the power, twice the spirituality. And if you study Elisha, he probably got twice the spirituality of Elijah because you'll find out that he did like twice as many miracles as Elijah. But this double portion language, when you study the word a little bit more from the context, from that historical period, the double portion comes from this idea of inheritance. You see, a father in that time would give the firstborn son a double portion of the inheritance. So that means if he had three sons, he would divide the, the inheritance four ways. The first son would get two portions, a double portion of the inheritance. So Elisha considered himself that close to Elijah. Firstborn son close. He knew who he was. He knew God. No God. No self. Here's the last point. The last principle that we might be able to apply. And it's something that Elisha did that we need to do. Pray for God to open eyes. Prayer is powerful. Prayer is peaceful. Prayer will change perspective and praying that God open eyes to this spiritual reality can change how we see the physical. Listen, I do not want to minimize any calamity, any situation that you might be going through or that you're seeing a loved one go through. My heart breaks for what's happening in Israel. I do, want to, I do not want to minimize what is happening to you, someone you love, or what's happening in our world. My hope is to encourage you. My hope is for us to encourage others so that 
we can experience God, especially in a time of crisis. So pray that God open eyes, God open the eyes of our heart. Pray for our faith to be increased. Just, that's what basically, that's what Elisha basically was praying, that our faith be, in, that his servant's faith be increased. Check out what it says about faith in the book of Hebrews. It says, now faith is the assurance of things, hope for the conviction of things, what? Not seen. Elijah had that and he wanted that for his servant. Check out what the Bible says about Moses. By faith, he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is what? Invisible. He endured as seeing him who is invisible. You and I can endure through our circumstance by seeing him who is invisible. You know, my faith helped get me through that time when I had that thing going on with my eyeball. They ended up diagnosing me with this weird thing I've never heard of. One in a million people get it. I'm in remission is what they tell me. I can get it again, they said. It's called Telosa Hunt Syndrome if you want to look it up. But it was crazy time for several months. And what's even crazier to me is that during this time when this was happening to me, something happened near us that created a lot of fear and anxiety. And I was right in the middle of that too. It was that school shooting out there in Uvalde. I was serving out there when this thing was happening to me. I saw God's angel army out there. God's angel army is right here. God is present. He'll never leave us or forsake us. Abre tus ojos, open your eyes, see the invisible. In closing today, I want to share a video of someone who's praying and singing for his eyes to be opened. He's 10 years old. He's got autism. He's blind. And yet he's praying and singing this song you're about to see. And I think that we should sing it along with him too. I'll check this video out. I was asked to introduce Christopher and give a little bit of a, a timeline on his life. And uh, it's hard to keep my composure uh, talking about Christopher's story. But he was born in May of uh, 2011. 2001. Thank you. You can tell him, you can do it better than I can. I have to go back a few years, yeah. And he, his mother was on, on drugs, Oxycontin and cocaine. And um, he was a, a nephew of ours. And we went down to Florida and took him out of the foster care system in uh, August of 2002. And uh, he's been a blessing to our family. And uh, he, he loves to share his gifts and 
this march he was kind of discovered by the union leader and all the local media outlets in Boston. And at four years old, he went down to the front of the, uh, the music ministry and uh, they handed him a microphone and he sang the song he's gonna sing tonight, Open the Eyes of My Heart.
Father, that's our simple prayer, Father. Open the eyes of our hearts. And I thank you, Lord God, that you do. I pray all of this in your name, Jesus Christ. Amen. You guys go ahead and take a seat. Thank you for praying and singing with us. That video, that little song, it makes me lick a little testosterone like Pastor Doug says and I think we resonate with that with him because we see somebody who's going through something who has something and yet he's asking for God to open his eyes and I know that God has him seen beyond his circumstances and we ourselves can feel that way that's why it stirs us it stirs our emotions because we want to see because we feel blind sometimes. So thank you for singing along with that. You know, the prophet Elisha, the prophet Elisha did a miracle. He did many miracles. And he did do twice as many as Elijah. But he did one particular miracle there at the end of his life. He actually did it after he was dead. He is the prophet in whose grave another dead man was thrown into. And when that dead man came in contact with Elisha's bones, he came to life. Can you imagine? Those, those guys that threw him in and this guy pops out. Alive. Could it be, I know it is, that the miracles and life of Elisha are pointing to Jesus. Elisha raised somebody from the dead. Elisha fed people miraculously. Elisha brought somebody back to life after he died. Jesus died so that you and I could live. When we come in contact with him through our faith, we will live beyond this life. The difference is that he was resurrected and Elisha was not. He was resurrected. Jesus was resurrected so that me and you can be resurrected as well. Perhaps there's somebody out there who's never seen Jesus this way. Perhaps your eyes have been opened. I pray you see him as your salvation. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, that you do open our eyes. That you do allow us to see the invisible. Father, I pray for those that have not come to faith in you, that they would see Jesus, Lord God, they would see him as salvation, that they would put their trust in him, that they would put their faith in him. Your word says that you draw us to yourself, Father. So draw 
us and those that are without faith to yourself, Lord. Thank you again, Lord God, for all that you're doing here at City Tribe Church. Thank you for all those that are watching online. Thank you, Lord God. I pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all of God's church said, Amen. Amen, familia. Well, guys, just a couple of reminders before you go. You know, this coming Saturday, we're going to have what's called All Tribe Training. All Tribe Training is something that happens. It's like educational opportunities. Uh, we're going to do uh, a discussion and teaching on self-care. That's going to be this Saturday, All Tribe Training. You can register for that. But you're giving because the way you give, we can do things like that. Where we open up our church and allow anybody to come and learn. Right? We're going to talk about self-care. Something that I need to work on myself. Right? Also because of your giving, we're building a kid's church on the third floor next door. That's incredible. We're serving the city youth on Wednesdays because of the way you give. Thank you so much. There's four ways to give right there on the screen. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the way you give here at City Tribe. Well, Familia, I want to remind you too that our prayer leaders are going to be up here in the front. You need prayer. You need to talk to somebody. Pray. They're here for you. Will you guys go ahead and stand up? Let me speak a benediction before you go and read you one more last word from God himself. He says, when you go out to war against your enemies and see horses and chariots and an army larger than your own, you shall not be afraid of them. For the Lord your God is with you. Open your eyes, familia. See the invisible. Y'all have a beautiful day. Hasta la vista. We're glad you were a part of the tribe today. To further connect with us, check the City Tribe YouTube channel, iTunes, SoundCloud, Instagram, Facebook, or our website, citytribe.church. May you go from this podcast knowing that you are loved.